Back to one of my favorite themes, which is people who have a great resume. They've done something that it branched off and went in another direction, or things in life just sort of happened, and they made the most of it. So the Kilcoin Conversation is with Jason Mott, Cardinals' former closer, on the mound when they won the 2011 World Series, getting the embrace from Molina, fly ball to left, Alan Craig would glove it. So that was Jason Mott in 2011. The next season... He led the National League in saves with 42 and was part of a Cardinal era there where there were so many great postseason games. You think about the run in 2011. First of all, they had to get in. And then the game five where Chris Carpenter outduels Roy Halladay. The next year, 2012, you got the wild card game down in Atlanta, the first year of the wild card in baseball. People throwing beer bottles and all of that. Then they win the game five in Washington against the Nationals. After falling behind, the huge deficit. Then you have the Matt Adams homer off Kershaw. Anyway, it was just an unbelievable stretch of great postseason moments. Jason Mott here in the middle of all of that. And in 2013, when he got injured, he ended up starting just sort of by circumstance. His charity, which led to the shirts, which became universally popular around baseball strikeout cancer and you still see that backwards k all over the place guys would be wearing them at batting in practice and and then now the latest chapter jason's been out of baseball a couple of years and he was helping coach baseball down at memphis he lives in memphis and this year he's the head coach at christian brothers memphis and it just so happens on this particular friday cbc memphis will be playing CBC St. Louis in baseball. So Jason Mott back in town. So we catch up about his uh, new routine, new job, coaching high school kids, looking back on the 2011 run, the surprise announcement from Tony LaRusso to retire, and uh, the conversion from catcher to pitcher. I love the story. They basically said you can either become a pitcher or you can quit playing baseball. <laughs> he said that's how it was presented to him. The Kilcoin Conversation, as always, presented by Triad Bank. Neighborhood Friendly Bank. They've been around since 2005. Car loan, business loan, home loan. They do all of that and they do it with great service. That's what it's like when you deal with a bank that's based in St. Louis. They're on Clayton Road in Frontenac or find them on the web at triadbanking.com. B&G Tuck Pointing. You see those great commercials during the Blues games. Braden Shen. Part of the B&G family now, and it is a family business. Bella and Gabrielle, those are Rich Galati's daughters. So you got the B and the G, Bella and Gabby, his daughters. BGTuckPointing.com, you can see some of the great before and after work. Or get a free estimate at 363-0525, B&G Tuckpointing. They are the best in the bricks. They also do waterproofing, foundation repair, make that brick home look new again. And by Marie de Villa Senior Living, corner of Clayton and Wideman Road since 1960. Premier Senior Living. Villa Estates, assisted living. You can take a virtual tour at mariedevilla.com. Great spot in West County. And V Appliance Discounters, where you can find them on the web at vappliancediscounters.com. All around the St. Louis area on the web and GE rebates on top of the already great savings. Tremendous service team. I've been talking lately about a refrigerator repair. They were out quickly. Things were back up and running. And everything's quick. Not just the low prices, the great service, but instead of waiting months, you only have to wait days. That's because they have the 
square foot showroom uh, storage space warehouse that would be it's a, it's a warehouse that's where they store everything and therefore they've got inventory so when you're being told ah we'll get you that fridge just give us a couple of months don't mess around go to the appliance discounters where their savings are your savings and it'll be delivered quickly to you let's do it jason mott the former cardinal closer now a high school baseball coach in memphis my first year as the head coach uh, down here and, uh, you know, doing that and, you know, just getting a chance to work with these boys and, um, you know, try to teach them some baseball and some, some live stuff and have some fun and uh, go out there and hopefully win some ball games. So, yeah, we'll be up there uh, this weekend. We're playing uh, CBC on Friday. We're playing them at uh, actually at 445 at, at uh, Christian Brothers at CBC there. And then we play uh, St. John Vianney and Westminster okay. uh, up there as well on, on Saturday. So, like I said, we're coming up there for a weekend kind of coming up going to hang out play some different teams have some different competition but uh you know come up there and uh you know play some ball are you more Larusa or more Matheny give us a little bit of that manager dugout <laughs> style here <laughs> man i i'm i think i'm a little bit of everything i just kind of go <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 pretty chill uh i kind of kind of go i'm, I'm kind of kind of relaxed i think i've taken a little bit of everything from everyone i've played with whether it's uh you know high school, college, you know, pro ball and stuff like that. I've kind of taken a little bit of, of stuff from everyone and uh, tried to try to do stuff my own way, which is really the only way I know how to do things. So, uh, you know, when I go out there and like same thing, I tell our boys, I was like, you know, just be the best, be the best you, you can be, you know, and that's, that's kind of what I try to do out there uh, is, you know, go about the game the, the best way I know how and be, and be me and, um, you know, try to try to teach these boys to do things the right way and, play the game and uh, have some fun. Jason, I know for Martin and me, and I'm sure for you as well, the 2011 World Series feels like yesterday in many respects. But for your players, do do they have any recollection of of, uh, of you of an, as an active big league ball player? Uh, some of them do, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, so I, I, mean I, I retired in 18, so I mean, you know, some of them, I mean, we got some 18-year-olds right now. Sure, sure. Uh, you know, so I mean, you know, so some of them, you know, when, when we won, we're, you know, 10, 11. Uh, some of them eight, nine, you know, depending on some of the freshmen we got out there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, some of them, some of them do uh, remember, and, and I've talked about that. Like I said, we talked about it uh, a little bit. But, uh, you know, like I said, then, you know, it's just one of the things. Once, once I get out there at the end of the day, I'm just, you know, I'm just I'm just me. Uh, you know, like, like I said, we'll, we'll talk about that every now and then. Yeah. Uh, if certain things come up or uh, stuff like that, but, you know, they're they're out there messing around, you know, cracking jokes taking on me in the same way they would anyone it's like you know it's like i'm just a i'm just a person which is exactly what i am so uh you know it's a it's, it's, it's definitely a good time so when did you when did you think hey i wouldn't mind coaching i know you were with the university of memphis helping out with their staff and obviously now head coach at the high school level when did you was it when you were playing you thought hey i wouldn't mind doing this or how did that all play out uh so you know for me honestly it was it was probably like growing up like you know when i was in high school I went to high school in new york uh and just honestly, the way that my, my high school coaches were up there uh, at the high school I went to, um, two coaches up there were just so great with with our team, but just with, with the guys and, you know, just the way they went about things and taught us baseball, but taught us life things and this and that, that I was like, you know, I, I, I know I love baseball. Um, and, you know, first and foremost, I wanted to play in the big leagues and do all that stuff because that was my my dream dream, you know, my, my, my big dream. But, you know, uh, when I went to college, I actually went to college uh, to be a teacher, I was I studied education, so I was going to do a uh, I was going to get a major in education and teach and then coach. Uh, 
really just to give back the way that my, my high school coaches uh, give back. And uh, like I said, I just want to do that and return the favor and kind of kind of keep teaching kids, um, you know, one, the right way to play the game, but also, you know, you can go out there, you can have fun, you can do it, but also, you know, there's some life lessons you can learn uh, from it. And, but just, uh, you know, so like that, so honestly, it goes back to my high school days and really what I planned on doing uh, while I was in college. All right, so take you know, us. I had a little had a little hiatus there for about fifteen, sixteen years doing doing the other thing. But uh, you know, you know, uh, so like I said, I'm, you know, very, very blessed that I was able to do that. And then, you know, like I said, being able to do this now is uh, is you know pretty pretty darn special as well. So, and take us back when the conversation is that you're not going to be a catcher anymore. You're going to be a pitcher because I'm thinking now if you have a kid who doesn't want to change positions, you're like listen. Trust me, okay. Sometimes it works out. Who, whose idea was that? Who came to you in the minors and said, "You know what? We're going to switch you." Uh, you know, so at the time, my pitching coaches were uh, were Derek Lilliquist, uh, who was in St. Louis for a little bit uh, with the organization for a while, mm-hmm. and then um, uh, oh, geez, uh, Riggins, uh, Mark Riggins. Uh, so I was like, you know, they, they kind of brought me in, and uh, they had talked about it the year before about maybe turning me into a pitcher. Uh, and I was like, I don't know if I'm ready to try that yet. I'd never really pitched growing up, so I really didn't, you know, know how that would work out. But you know, when they finally called me in in 2006, it was, uh, you know, it was you either, uh, you know, pretty much you pitch or you go home. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll give her a whirl. You know, I was like, let's, let's see what happens. You know, so I mean, and, that, and that, that's one of the things that I tell people all the time. You know, that you know, do you do this? Do you think about this? Blah blah. Like, what about you know, what was going through your mind? All these things. I was like, man, I. I really didn't think about it a lot um, because, you know, for me, I kind of, uh, I kind of felt like I was playing with house money anyway. You know, I, I should have been, I could have been sent home in 2006 and never got the opportunity to did to do what I did pitching wise in the big leagues and on that stage. Uh, so, you know, for me, I kind of took everything, um, you know, as like I said, like, you know, just added, you know, extra stuff. You know, I, mean, I was like, oh, sweet, I was kind of playing with house money because. You know, I got to go out and do this, and uh, like I was very lucky to be able to go out and do it for uh, as long as I did. So, Jason Mott, Cardinals former closer, with us here. The Legend Series brought to you by Royal Banks, KTRS, Martin Kilquin, Brendan Weesey. Uh, Jason, let's let's skip ahead then to 2011, and I think famously it was Tony who wouldn't say the word closer. In fact, he would stare us down, and yet you just assume that role. It's like when Wainwright did it in 06. They never said he was the closer. Izzy was out at the time, but. When when did you know? Okay, playoffs are coming around the corner, and man, I might be out there in some huge games, which you end up closing out Game Seven. W- when did it become like, okay, this is my job during that season? Uh, man, honestly, I mean, you know, like obviously it was like the end of August was when my my, my first save opportunity came up uh, when Tony put me in that situation. But you know, even when that happened, my my mindset didn't really change. Uh, my mindset was always the same. You know, I'm going to go out there and try to get three outs before they score any runs. Uh, it didn't matter whether I come in in the fifth inning with bases loaded. I was trying to, you know, get three outs before anybody scored or if it was the ninth inning in, you know, the World Series. Uh, you know, I try to keep things as simple and as, you know, the same every single time as possible, which, you know, sometimes it was easier said than done. But that was really my outlook. Uh, you know, so like I said, when, when I went from being just, you know, a relief, reliever guy to, you know, hey, he was throwing me in there and, you know, safe situations. Um, I guess I kind of knew it was whatever, but the way how fast it kind of happened that year, uh, it was kind of a whirlwind anyway. So I, we were just kind of all down there and just waited for the phone to ring, get going. Sweet. All right, let's go. You know, and just kind of go out there and 
like you said, do your job. And, uh, you know, we, we had a pretty awesome group uh, down there in that bullpen, and we had a bunch of guys. I mean, heck, we had a bunch of guys down there that probably could have went out there and closed out the World Series. Uh, you know, we just had a bunch of guys that went out there and the phone rang. All right, let's go. Get it ready. Go get them out. Sweet. Pass it on to the next guy. So, uh, you know, we had a, we had a pretty good group down there in that bullpen. The starters are great. Um, you know, I mean, our, our, our team in general, like I said, just what they were able to do. Like I said, we had a reunion stuff last year. And just talking to guys and doing stuff like that, like just what a what a close group we had, and what a what a good group of guys we had, uh, kind of made that run special. Obviously for multiple reasons, but because of that, um, just just the group of guys that we did it with was uh, was was pretty cool. Jason, how special was that month of September, where it seemed like every single day you guys were playing in a playoff type of atmosphere, just to keep your just to keep your group in in the conversation for the playoffs? Uh, you know, for, for me, um, I mean, like, like I said, so we, we, we had a team meeting at the end of August, you know, a couple of the older guys, Chris Carpenter, you know, I think we people talked about it before he came in and sat everybody down and let us so down. We kind of had to sit down and kind of talk to us. Like, listen, we need, to, we need to play better than this. You know, we're not really playing up to our ability. We're kind of going out there. We're doing this, doing that. We have a month left. You know, we're ten and a half back. Let's give it everything we have for the next, month and let's just see what happens you know what i mean was, was, yeah. was kind of the way it was you know just because we you know at that point like i said we were 10 half back we we're kind of playing some sloppy ball we weren't doing what we knew we were capable of doing so you know i think we just came to the ballpark every day with the mindset of uh you know we're gonna we're gonna leave it all out there and and see what happens um and you know i know for for me honestly i didn't really i don't think i really started looking at the standings until like later on uh just because it was such a whirlwind of everything that was going on, and you know, I went from doing this to closing, and you know, people were talking like, "Oh, you're doing this." I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm trying to throw baseball. You know, I'm like, I'm just that's what I'm trying to do. Like, I have no idea what's going on. Um, but and then, like I said, it probably wasn't until like, last couple games of the year. It's like, oh, sweet man. You know, but I, I think our and I can't speak about it. I know my mindset was, you know, I, I can't control what anyone else does. You know, like just because the Braves lose, does that mean oh, it's okay? We can lose today. You know, it's like no, you're you're still going to go out there and try to win the ball game. You know, that's that's what we're here for. We're here to go out there and win the ball game that day, um, and that's uh, that's that's kind of what we did every single day. Went out there with that expectation of you know what we're going to go out there, we're going to get everything we have, and we're going to win this ball game. And whether we did or didn't, we're going to come out the next day and we're going to do it all over again. And uh, like I said, we end up playing well. Uh, and like I said, one one more games than not, and you know, a couple of teams lost some games, uh, so kind of worked out, and you know, we kind of squeaked in there that last day with Carp uh, throwing a complete game in Houston, and you know, the rest is, uh, as they say, history. So it's pretty, pretty, pretty decent run, if I say so. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, and then you get in, and you're in Philly, and I remember interviewing Lance Berkman. He's like, "I know Martin. Nobody thinks we'll win, right? Why? Why even play the games?" He was real sarcastic and being funny about it. But I got the sense too. Even Tony, who is famously uptight every day, he <laughs> seemed almost relaxed, like because everybody said, "Oh, the Phillies are going to crush him." Like it almost—I don't know how you guys approached it, but from the outside looking in, I thought you guys were extremely relaxed. Like, okay, nobody thinks we're going to win. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, you know, for me, it goes back to, like I said, you know, even with, heck, my career and how I kind of looked at things. I mean, but in that situation, I mean, I people have asked what we thought during that and what I thought, and I, I kind of felt the same way. I felt like we were playing with house money. Like, no one thought we should have been there anyway. You know what I mean? So what's 
what's the worst that happens? We lose. You know what I mean? And we go home, and then people are like, oh, well, yeah, that, well, of course they lost. They shouldn't have been here anyway. They were 10 and a half back in August. They got lucky. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, for, for, for us, we were out there, I think, with that mindset of, you know what? I mean, we're, we're here. Let's just go out there and let's play the game that, that, that we know how to play and, and, and do it. Let's, let's see how it works out. Um, because, you know, we, we, we weren't really, I mean, we weren't a group that was, that went out there and played tight. Um, you know, we were, we were a loose group. We went out there and we had, you know, I mean, just the characters we had on that team, the Lance Berkmans, the, the Nick Puntos, the, you know, Skip Schumachers, and we had John Jay, Descalzo, uh, Alan Craig, uh, David Freeze, those, you know, the quote unquote younger guys. And then you had, you know, I think I said like Ryan Terrio and Gerald Laird. You know, I mean, you had all the, and then you had a mix of veteran guys, and you had the Chris Carpenter and the Yachty's and the Alberts and the, and the Wainos, and you're like, oh my God. You know, it was, just, it was a good group of guys, and like that, we just kind of went out there and kind of fed off each other and just kept going out there and doing what we do. Um, and, you know, for us, like I said, I think we went out there with that expectation. Like I said, other people may have thought that we were going to go out there and lose, but we kind of knew the team we had, and we were just going to go out there and do what we do and, you know, see what happens. And it's amazing in that stretch, you were here and you guys win in 11, but then in 12, you're in the playoffs. 13, I know you're injured, but in another playoffs, 14. And all of these games, like the Waka game in Pittsburgh in 2013, which was game four, had to win, could be like one of the greatest playoff games. But then you're like, no, 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 the Carpenter Halliday game five of the DS. No, no, the the comeback against yeah. the Nats in 2012. No, yeah. no, the Matt yeah. Adams homer off Kershaw. It's yeah. like it's an unbelievable yeah. amount of games. And then, oh, oh by yeah. the way, the freeze game tops all of them. Yeah. I mean, in that oh, stretch yeah. there, how many insanely good playoff games you were a part of. Uh, but, of course, game six trumps it. What was your mindset during that game is there any point as players we're like well it's been a great run we just came up a little short um i I mean the only time i really thought that i think i actually thought thought that we lost was when hamilton hit the home run off of um you know freeze had just hit the triple uh to tie it up and i went back out in that that 10th inning and you know i think got a guy out next guy got on and then hamilton hit the home run I, i legit remember like being on the mound Watching him go out and be like, huh, that, that sucks. <laughs> like, I think it's, I'm like, you know, I think it's also World Series. I'm like, well, all right. Anyway, I was like, all right. And like, I, I got the ball back and I was like, well, let's get these next two guys. You know what I mean? And, and, and that was just, and like I said, that was honestly the only time that it actually went through my mind that, oh man, I think we just lost. You know, because, uh, I mean, literally hit a two run home run. But then even with that, like, uh, we go back in and they're like, let's go. We're not done. You know, we're not done. And then, you know, Jay gets a hit, Descalzo gets a hit, you know, we get a bun over, we get this, Berkman hits the bloop in there, and we're like, this is amazing, you know what I mean? So like I said, I don't think we ever felt like we were out of it at any time because, you know, we, we, we kind of knew the uh, knew the knew the squad we had, the pitchers and the hitters, and, the, you know, just, just knew the team we had. So, uh, like I said, I mean, for, for me, I'm just, like I said, speaking for me, other guys would have maybe would have thought it other times, but, uh, you know, like I said, I mean, I'd say probably when, when Hamilton hit the homer, it actually went through my mind, but then it was in my mind and out of my mind about as fast as it came in because I was like, well, I better get these next couple guys out or else it's going to be a whole lot uglier. You know, and that's that's about as fast as I as fast and as much as I thought about it. Um, other people may have thought about it a lot more, but I really didn't. And, Jason, I wonder if you were able to have that mindset just because of – I mean, you were so locked in in those playoffs before that 
Hamilton home run, division series, you didn't give up a base runner in the NLCS against the Brewers. And then again, up until the Hamilton home run, you were just, you were lights out. Did that kind of allow you to have that, that tunnel vision where even in a home, even with a home run like that, you were able to kind of go right back out there, regroup. And of course the next day you, you, throw the the final pitch of the world series you know i i don't know if it had to do with how how well i was pitching i think it just had to do with the 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 role i was in you know as a reliever you don't really have the opportunity to to dwell on what has happened for very long uh you know i mean you can go out there and i mean as a as a closer you can go out there and have a you know three-run lead let up two solo home runs and they mean nothing you know you still have a you still have one run lead, and you can go out there and punch a side out. You're like, yay, high five, they yeah. good job, you know. <laughs> or you can go out up there and you know, um, you know, go out there and punch out the side and think you're the you know big dog, and you know, or punch the first two guys out and you're like, I got this, you know. And next I hit the game tying homer. You're like, oh well, all right, well I better get this next guy out, you know. So like I said, it was just kind of my mentality, and I kind of I kind of had that from from early on in my career. I mean, I I, I had plenty of struggles and. I had older guys like, you know, Russ Springer, Jason Isinghausen, Ryan Franklin in that bullpen with me that were like, you know, but when I was going through my struggles that were like, hey, keep your head up. And, like, you know, today was a bad day. I'm like, yeah. And they're like, guess what? You, you keep pitching and you'll have another one. But you can't, you can't let those affect you. You can't let this pitch, that pitch that just happened affect you. There's nothing you can do about that pitch. You have to, you have to make this next one, you know? So I, that, that was kind of always my mindset. And I, I think that's, you know, I've, I've always joked that, you know, like I really wasn't that good, um, which, you know, I had a fastball and a half of a cutter every now and then. But, like, you know, like I think I was just able to kind of lock it in and do what I was supposed to do um, and kind of keep that mentality of I got to I gotta give everything I have to this pitch because, like I said, I, I really wasn't good enough to go out there and give you uh, 80% of what I had, uh, you know, because 80% of what I had would have got my rear and sent home years before I was already sent home you know so so you know you know for me for me I, I was I had to go out there and give it 100% and if I was worried about the pitch that just happened that wasn't me focusing 100% on what I had to do for this pitch um so like I, said, I try to keep things simple um and and go about things that way and that's that's honestly one of the things I try to that I'm you know going back to what I'm doing now is try to teach these boys uh you know try to keep things simple and let's let's focus on this pitch and do what you gotta do to to make this pitch and you know, try to try to focus where you need to need to focus. Jason Mott, our guest, Cardinals closer, the 2011 World Series champion, the uh, iconic fly ball out ends it. He's on the mound, and then the next year, leads the National League in saves with 42. And before you get to 12 and Matheny, there's the guy named Larusa who shocked all of us by retiring. Did the player? I think Tony has said he told Duncan and I guess Dewitt and Mo and all these handful of people upstairs. What was the level of shock from the players when Tony said, "Hey, it's yeah, it's been great, but I'm out of here." Like, what was that like? Yeah, we uh, we had no idea. I mean, uh, like I said, I, mean, I was a half, I was you know the young young guy, but I wasn't a veteran at that point any, at, by any means. So, like, so I really had no idea, and like that, I felt like that whole postseason was such a whirlwind anyway that I, I may have just been oblivious to everything that was going on. <laughs> anyway, uh, but you know, uh, like I said, when he told us, we were all kind of like. All right, that sounds about right. That's uh, you know, you know, but uh, but you know, you know, we were all kind of shocked. Uh, like I said, I I definitely didn't uh, didn't think that. I know a lot of other people didn't didn't either. But uh, yeah, you know, he uh, 
you know, did that, rode off in the sunset, and then decided he wanted to he wanted to come back for an encore. So you know, now he's back, you know, doing doing what he does. So. Yeah, I think we were more shocked when he left than we were when he came back. I wasn't surprised right, when yeah. he came back. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I wasn't. Yeah, I, I wasn't that surprised when he came back. Either, so, and then you're injured in 2013. I know you're around. That's during a great run, a team that gets back to the World Series. But take us through, and our audience, I'm sure, knows about strikeout cancer, and they've seen the T-shirts. And I mean, it started out, I think, as sort of like something you did, maybe have a little fun with it, but you know, a serious cause, and then it just exploded. Walk us through that. So uh, we started our foundation, uh, the Jason Moff Foundation. My wife's grandfather was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer uh, just for our wedding, actually, in 2010. Uh, and our plan, actually, was to do our first event in, uh, like, October, November in 2011. Um, you know, we were, you know, ten and a half back in August, and we are like, yeah, we got nothing to do. And, you know, in <laughs> October, November, you know, and uh, like I said, we, we, we did want to do an event uh, for my wife's grandfather. Uh, he was still alive at the time. Uh, and then, like I said, we kept winning, kept winning, won the World Series. And like I said, we didn't want to really throw something together last minute because, um, I mean, her her family does, like, uh, they have flower shops and they do weddings. So like that. So if we're going to do it, we want to do it and do it right. So our first event was 2012. Uh, we did an event, our Strikeout Cancer event in Memphis. Uh, and since then, we've done them in, you know, we, we do our cornhole events in Memphis and St. Louis. Uh, we have our Strikeout Cancer shirts, which we honestly started those just as a way to, you know, to raise some more money at our at our event. So like, hey, we'll, we'll sell the shirts and this and that. And we had, honestly, some guys around the league like, hey, I like that shirt. Can I get one? I'm like, yeah, sure. So I'll send them one. Someone else would ask. And then, you know, we started just making them in different team colors and having different guys around the league that wanted to help raise money for cancer research and, you know, try to help help those who are battling this uh, this this fight and help those the way that, that, that people helped my wife's grandfather and her family when they were going through this. And, uh you know that's that's it. Kind of started as a as a I don't want to say a little thing, but just something that you know we we wanted to help others the way that others helped us, and it's kind of turned into you know us doing events you know all over the country at high schools, colleges, minor league stadiums, um, you know St. Louis, uh, Memphis, and uh, stuff like that, and just trying to do what we can to raise money and awareness for those in the fight against cancer to let them know that they're not doing this alone. Did, did you ever see the shirt on somebody on Sports Center or online and say? Oh my God! They got one of our shirts. Who's like anybody ever blow you away? Like a, a player that you'd even know connected to the to the cause? Uh, I mean, not really, because I mean, so I mean, well, once we started getting them out to the different teams, I mean, like they were pretty much in in every clubhouse that we'd send. So if we had, I mean, uh, John Lester was with the Red Sox or the Cubs. You know what I mean? So uh, or Anthony Rizzo. So so we, we we'd have a bunch of them with the with the Cubs. And then, so I would see a guy on the Cubs who was who had them on, but like I said, we would know that because we, you know, we would send, you know, guys the shirts and stuff like that. But you know, I, I did, I did always think it was cool. Like I said, when I would see people with it, with it on, uh, one, it's a super comfy shirt, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of all for comfy shirts, but also like the, the cause is also, uh, you know, pretty cool. Like I said, for us trying to raise money and awareness for people battling cancer. So, um, you know, I- anytime I see someone, someone with it on, it doesn't matter whether it's a a big leaguer doesn't matter whether it's a doctor, a NFL guy, uh, you know, a, whoever you know, like name the profession. You know, I, I think it is cool because it symbolizes, you know, someone out there trying to trying to help make a difference. Um, and you know, cancer affects so many people um, in so many different ways. So uh, you know, we're just we're happy to help out in any way that we can. 
Jason Mott, our guest, our St. Louis Legends series presented by Royal Banks of Missouri. Jason, you, you were a guy that you threw extremely, you, you threw extremely hard. Did, were you were you someone that that paid attention to the radar gun at all? Every single pitch. Really? Every pitch. Wow. Hundred percent. Every pitch. I would. I like. We get to a ballpark, and I'm like, "Where's the gun?" <laughs> I'd find it. Yep, there it is. Yeah, every pitch. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not even gonna act like I, yeah. I didn't look. It was it was every pitch because you know I was one of those guys. I you know you, you you go out there and you're like, okay, man, I don't I don't know if I got it today. You know, you're like, yeah. here we go. And then you go out there and you let one eat and you're like, all right, 98. All right, it's gonna be a good day. You know, and then there's the days you're like, man, I think I think I got it today. And you let one eat and it's like, you know, for me it'd be like 95. I'm like, Ugh, all right, well I better lock it in. I better, you know, I better, I better go. You know, it was, it was kind of a, you know, a gauge for me to like, okay, well, hey, I, you know, not that oh, I can get away with this, but like I said before, like I wasn't that good, you know. So it was like, hey, if it was '98, I could kind of, you know, I was still locked in and had to do what I had to do. But uh, no, man, I, uh, yeah, every, every single pitch, um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd find it, look at it, and like I said, you know, some people say they will and they don't, or they they wouldn't, but yeah, um, it's yeah. So at, at the I peak, would and I did. So <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, Jason, at the at the peak of your powers, were the the stat cat stat cast numbers that are out there now. They weren't quite available yet. So were you, you you maybe weren't able to see like spin rate and stuff like that. Was that something later on in, the, in your career that that you were more interested in or embraced at all? No, I never even really thought about spin rate. Um, I just like I said, I, I all I focus all me personally, like I said, I. I I, I had what I had, uh, yeah. you know, and I, I just tried to focus on executing that pitch at that moment. Uh, you know, like I said, I joke around, I'm like, oh, hey, I have 95, I better lock it in. But I was the same locked in at 95 than I was at, you know, 99. Yeah. Um, I try to go out there and keep the same mindset, and that's I've got to, I've got to execute this pitch right now. And, and that kind of goes back to my days, um, you know, in St. Louis, having a catcher like Yadier Molina back there who – called a great game and made things very simple um i really didn't have to think that much and i really you know i just kind of kept it simple it like okay fastball in yep here we go wham peter in okay cut her away all right cut her away you know like he just i kept it as simple as make this pitch right here and 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 do it to the best of my ability and that you know that that also goes back to a guy uh dave duncan that we had in st louis I, like my first day in the big leagues I'm out shagging in the in the uh, in the in the outfield, and he comes up to me, and you know, Duncan was a big, you know, hey, you got those, you know, the big sinker guy, two seam guy, and this and that, and I didn't throw sinkers; I threw straight four seam love, and I let it eat every single pitch. You know, I wasn't really a Dave Duncan kind of guy, and he comes up to me, he's like, hey, he's like, hey, congrats, I'm happy to have you. I was like, oh, thank you. You know, we were talking a little bit, and he's like, he's like, I just want you to know, he's like, you're here for a reason. He's like, and what you have is good enough to get people out here. And he's like, if you are a, a 2-0 fastball guy, he's like, throw a 2-0 fastball. I don't care if they know it's coming or not. He's like, if, if you're not, he's like, if you're, if you're not a 3-1 changeup guy, he's like, don't throw a 3-1 changeup because you're just going to walk in. You know, he's yeah. like, just do, do what you do and, and go out there and have confidence in. I was like, all right, I can do that. You know what I mean? So it's, I mean, like little stuff like that, that, you know, I, I had confidence in myself and, you know, when I went out there on the mound, but like, you know, having, you know, Dave Duncan come up uh, and say things like that, you're like, okay, all right, you know, like, uh, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pick myself over, 
whoever's up there, hey, this is the reigning MVP, sweet. I'm going to pick what I got over this guy all day, every day. Um, and it worked out sometimes. Sometimes it didn't. You know, sometimes that guy won because, like someone told me earlier on in my career, those guys drive, you know, Cadillacs too. So, you know, sometimes, sometimes the other guy wins, you know. So, but then you got another guy coming in right after him. So you're like, all right, man, let's, you know, now it's now it's time for me and you to go at it. So, uh, you know, I just try to keep things simple and, you know, go at guys and give it all that I had. And if you and if you went out back right now, how hard could you get? What, what do you think you hit on the gun at this point? Uh, man, I have no idea. I have zero desire. <laughs> I, I like that's that's probably about the only thing that 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 our the, the boys at the high school will ask. They're like, if you were to go right now, like, dude, my arm would fall off, and I've got no desire. I've got. <laughs> I'm like, I've, I'm, 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 I just want to watch you guys. I'm like, I want to compete with you and out there, but I'm like. Yeah, I've got no desire to go out and let one let one eat right now. Like, one, I think my arm would fall off, and I'm like, but I'm good. Uh, you know, I like like right. a couple of years ago, right after I retired, I was like, I could, I could easily hit like 90, 90 something, which I, I did do a thing one one uh, I guess summer after I retired, I did like a retired thing or whatever like that, and went through. I think I was like ninety four, ninety five, and I was like. I'm good. I'm like I don't want this thing's gonna fall off. I'm like <laughs> already. I had, I had enough injuries when I played. I'm like I don't need to go out there and end up with you know, a, you know, a labrum or another Tommy John because I'm out here like oh yeah, I'll show you how hard I can throw and they'd be like oh sweet, blew my arm out. Well, I guess I, I guess I really showed you. You know so yeah, I have I, I have no idea and I, I really have no desire to even uh, to even go check it out. Honestly. Um, yeah, none, <laughs> none at all. No, and and when you've closed out a World Series or led the league in saves, you don't need to do that. The guy at the bar who's doing it was really good in fifth grade <laughs> and is trying to tell people, "Hey, I still got it. I still got it from Corey League." And it's like, "No, dude, I don't need to have that feeling that you're talking yeah. about." Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, like I said, I like, I like my arm right where it is. It, my, my ass was someone's asking a couple years ago, like years after I retired, like, "Man, like, how's your arm feeling?" I'm like, "Amazing." I'm like, I don't have to throw a baseball every day. I'm like, you know, they always say, hey, what's the one way to, like, not hurt your arm? I'm like, don't throw a baseball. That's, you know, guaranteed not to hurt, not to not to blow anything out. Just don't uh, don't throw a baseball. You don't have to worry that, about that kind of stuff. So, you know, like, I just kind of, yeah, I've got, I, I don't have much desire uh, to, to go out there and, uh, and try to try to get anybody out right now. I had it when I played, but uh, now I'm just, you know, want to go out there and coach these boys and, spend time with my wife and kids and, uh, you know, be the best, uh, you know, husband, father, coach, son, all that that I can be. Really was just a great era of Cardinal baseball. Jason comes along in the late 2000s and LaRusse is still the manager. Dave Duncan's still the pitching coach. Albert's on the team. They win the World Series, tremendous run in 2011. And then they're back in the postseason the next few years. Ended up pitching for the Cubs, the Rockies. Last time, I think in the big leagues, I think in a big league club at least, or camp, was with the Cardinals in 2018, came to spring training, uh, did not make the team. But I think the last time he was throwing a ball as a professional it would have been in spring training with the Cardinals. Just a great guy. Obviously, the Mott Foundation has taken off, and the strikeout cancer movement just became a phenomenon, and great work by him. It was a season, I remember he was out that year, the Tommy John injury, and was doing tons of interviews, always available, and just trying to spread the word to get that thing up and running. And now here he is, coaching high school baseball. Great story. Love the resumes. You know that. We always talk about it. 
Always looking for people who have done just different things in their career. Appreciate Jason being part of the show. That interview was with Brendan Weesey, who is the sports director at KTRS Radio, part of our Legend series over there. And sometimes we cross it over and put it into the Killcoin conversation. You can always find us at Spotify, iTunes, and scoopwithdannymac.com, the great website by the Cardinal Broadcaster. Check out all of the content there. There's a ton of content on Dan's website. Check that out. And thanks for tuning in and also taking care of our sponsors, Triad Bank. They've been with me since day one. Second location, now up and running. It's a St. Louis-based bank that takes care of the folks here in town. Triadbanking.com. B&G Tuck Pointing, where they do great tuck pointing work, but also if you've got some foundation repair, waterproofing, all of that taken care of by Rich Galati and his team, BG tuckpointing.com or call them for that estimate 363-0525 363-0525 and Marie Davila Senior Living since 1960 great spot where Red Shanians lived for so many years the red fountains out front during Cardinal playoff baseball what those blue fountains up and running soon for Blues postseason hockey just great people festive people all about St. Louis Marie Davila Com. And Appliance Discounters, where they have the great warehouse downtown, which allows for all the merchandise. Started to think about, when I start talking about it, I think about so many different things. I can't focus, but the service repair is great. Showrooms are great. And the selection, all of the big names, all of them, at the lowest prices. And you can waste your time and go to the big box stores and write down the price and check that same item at Appliance Discounters. I'm telling you already price will be lower it's that simple it really is it's why they've been a success story here in town started in 2008 and look at them now the appliance discounters.com thanks for all your support to our sponsors i'm martin kilquin we'll talk to you again soon